think that that's where a lot of people fall short in terms of hiring agencies or contractors. They'll hire somebody that will just sell them on what they're best at instead of sell them on what is the best approach to take specific for their goals and objectives. How great would it be to buy a piece of institutional quality income producing commercial buildings? Well, now you can with Building Bits. It's not a REIT or a fund. Building Bits is a new platform for non-accredited investors where virtually anyone, regardless of income, can select a building lease to a major corporation with a guaranteed long-term lease. You can now invest in the same quality assets, which have previously only been available to institutions and wealthy individuals. Once you choose your building on BuildingBits.com, you can invest as little as $500 and receive your share of the rents while Building Bits' team of real estate pros handles all the management aspects of the building. For the first time, the big corporations in America can actually start paying you. And when the building is sold in the future, the potential appreciation is redistributed to everyone so you don't just get the rental income, but also share in the upside. Best of all, since these securities are SEC qualified, they are freely tradable immediately. The $500 minimum with no upfront fees is available for a limited time. There are great properties available nationwide with major tenants, so don't wait. Go to buybits.us today and pick your property before they're all sold out of their current inventory. That's buybits.us. That's buy, B-U-I, bits, B-I-T-S, dot U-S. The SEC offering circular is available at buildingbits.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. And first off, I hope you're having a best ever weekend because today is Sunday. We got a special segment for you called Skillset Sunday. And the purpose of Skillset Sunday is to help you acquire or hone a skill so that you can grow your real estate business. And specifically, the skill we're talking about today is how to leverage interview content to build your brand. With us today to talk about that, Brendan Kane. How you doing, Brendan? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And welcome to the show. A little bit about Brendan. He is a digital strategist for Fortune 500 corporations, global brands, and celebs. He's best known for building a million followers in 100 countries in less than 30 days. And he's based in Beverly Hills, California. The website is 1millionfollowers.com. So before we talk about how to leverage interview content to build your brand, Brendan, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more context about your background? Sure. Yeah. I've been in digital and technology for about 15 plus years. And my background's a bit diverse in the fact that I pretty much have touched every aspect of digital over the years. So started off in the entertainment industry, managing digital divisions for two movie studios, overseeing marketing campaigns of films ranging from 15 to $100 million budgets, which also allowed me to work with the directors, actors, and producers on how to further syndicate their brand online. And then quickly shifted into being an entrepreneur and started building tech platforms and licensing them to major media companies such as Viacom, MTV, Vice, Lionsgate, MGM, to name a few. And those partnerships opened up the opportunity to work with some of the largest celebrities on the planet. So for example, with MTV, it allowed me to work with Taylor Swift and Rihanna and building technology platforms for them and their brands. And then from there, dive pretty deep into the paid media space and help build one of the largest social paid optimization firms in the world, which means we were optimizing social advertising campaigns on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram for the largest brands and corporations in the world. And then from there, I started building my own set of testing methodologies and predictive calculations on top of the 
Facebook and Instagram platform that would allow me to test content at scale. Mm -hmm. And that's what allowed me to build a million followers, hundred countries in 30 days. But also one of the clients that I worked with on that, that's kind of poignant to the conversation that we're having today around interviews was Katie Couric. And I worked with Katie Couric for about two years and really reverse engineering the art of the interview for digital and social platforms. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the methodologies of how you built social media following of a million followers in 30 days. And then let's talk about interviews because I'm sure a lot of listeners are curious about the former. So how did you do that? So what I did is, as I mentioned, I built a set of testing methodologies and processes on top of the Facebook and Instagram advertising platform and not really using it as an advertising tool or a media buying tool, but as a market research tool so that I could test content at scale and measure the response in real time to see what content variations people were sharing with their peers at the highest velocity. And what that looks like is, so for example, when I built a million followers in 30 days, I tested 5,000 variations of content. And that sounds really daunting and sounds like a huge number, but the system that we devised makes it digestible and easy to do. We can scale anywhere between 100 to 500 variations less than 30 minutes. And what that looks like is, I look at it as a variation as five key elements. So the first element is the creative itself. So you have a video asset, you have an image asset, you have an article, whatever that may be. And we'll create different versions of that. For example, like with a video, we'll test the first three seconds. We'll test different burned in meme cards at the top. We'll test captions at the bottom. So maybe we do three to seven different versions of a piece of content. Mm -hmm. And then we move to the second element of a variation, which is the headline, which is the text that describes the piece of content, the text that goes above the video or photo in the case of Facebook and below in, in the case of Instagram. And then the third is the demographic profile. What is the makeup? Are they males? Are they females? Are they specific age group? And that can be interchangeable. And then the fourth is the geolocation. What part of the world do they live in down to the specific zip code you can test? And then the fifth is the interest level. What are they interested in? What type of products and services do they buy? What type of brands or celebrities do they follow? So when you have those five key elements, each one becomes interchangeable. So you can take one video and change out the demo, the geolocation, the interest level, the headline, and that creates a new variation. And you just keep swapping out different variables so that you can really control your content mm -hmm. and test your content under certain circumstances. And what that allows you to do is it allows you to learn very quickly what content formats, themes, stories are working. And then once you find that, it dictates both your short and long-term content strategy, and then you can feel growth from there. Oh, wow. I love the analytical approach that you take. And I'm on your Facebook page, and you know this, obviously. So I will just say what I was thinking. It's clear that your followers are legit. <laughs> so often I hear people say, oh, I got 10 million followers on Twitter or something. And you go, look, and there's absolutely no engagement with their Twitter handle or on Facebook, there's no engagement. But when you're doing these posts, I'm looking on your Facebook page, when you're doing these posts, when you're getting thousands of likes and hundreds of comments in most cases. Yeah. So there's two sides of that. Because I work with some huge media companies that have very little engagement. They'll have like 4 million followers or 10 million followers and have little engagement. There's a few reasons for that. First off, you're fighting the algorithms. With Facebook, and it's going to become increasingly more, like specifically with Facebook, once you hit a million followers, on average, you're reaching 3 to 5% of your audience, if less mm. than that. Twitter is about the same. 
Instagram is decreasing each day. And you may ask, well, why is that? It's because there's so much content being pushed to the platform. Like on Facebook, you're probably following a few hundred, if not a thousand different pages. Same with Instagram or Twitter. So it's like, how much content can Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter put into your feed? It's very limited. So what happens is, is the algorithms have to weight that content and determine which content are they going to push to users. And that's where the issue you come in is that if you're not creating engaging content, you're going to get into less people's feeds. And that's where that engagement generally drops. It's not necessarily that they're fake followers. There are some instances where people have fake followers, but it's getting harder because the systems have cracked down on that. Mm -hmm. But it's more about, are you creating engaging content? And if you're creating engaging content, it's pushed into more of your followers' feeds. So that's why we test our content extensively to figure out what is the best way to package the content? What are the best stories or themes to work so that when we're publishing content to our feed, we know it's going to reach more of our audience. It seems like such a process to go through in order to do a couple Facebook posts. So how do you streamline it so you're not doing analysis by paralysis? It's a great question. It definitely is a process and there's a time investment that it takes to go into it. I mean, this is kind of what I do every day. So that's why we go through this process and we're testing content, not just for ourselves, but for the clients that we work with. So you can get to a point where you start understanding what themes, formats, and stories work. And once you get to that point, then you can test less because you have a base level of understanding of what works and what doesn't work. It's more time intensive in the beginning of figuring out the best way to package your content, the stories and themes that you should be covering. And then once you have that established, it becomes less time intensive. But I will also say that once you learn the system, again, it sounds really daunting and it sounds like a ton of work, but once you get into it and learn it, it gets pretty easy. And honestly, I find it to be kind of fun and interesting to test content. And also what I think is it puts you light years ahead of your competitors in the competitive landscape. Do you have a team that works with companies or are you flying solo and you're going in and consulting companies' teams? Yes. I spend most of my time doing the high-level strategy and I do have a team that I work with specifically for my brand. And then sometimes what I'll do is out based upon the client's specific objectives and goals because I'm a firm believer in that there's not one strategy that fits all. You have to craft the strategy and approach for each specific client and where they're at today and where they want to get to. And I think that that's where a lot of people fall short in terms of hiring agencies or contractors. They'll hire somebody that will just sell them on what they're best at instead of sell them on what is the best approach to take specific for their goals and objectives. You said you have a team for your own stuff. So how many people do you have and what are their responsibilities? Yeah, it's a great question. So I'll just break it down for you. So I have one social producer that oversees kind of the overarching content strategy. And we're creating content for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and we're going to start doing YouTube within the next few months. So she oversees kind of the content we're producing and takes content from our videographer that shoots and breaks it down for our editors. And then I have three editors that are on staff that are constantly creating new content, not just for me, but for our clients as well. And then I have a copywriter that helps generate all of the written materials and written content for my brand. And then I have somebody under me that manages all the content testing and optimization. How many of those are full-time 
employees that work only on your stuff? Well, they're all contractors because I don't really build agencies, but they're all pretty much full-time across my brand and the other clients that we work with. So I wouldn't say they're 100% focused on my brand, but they spend a good, I would say probably 30% on my brand. And that sounds like a lot of people and a lot of work, but I'm trying to build a personal brand. And like, if you're trying to build a brand on social, you need to have a team and you need to invest heavily in it. That's not to say that that's the only way to grow social accounts and to be successful. But if you really want to leverage it to build a strong brand and generate a lot of leads for your business, you're going to need to have some type of team, whether that's internal or external. How'd you find those team members? A lot of interviewing and trial and error. I'm always constantly looking for new talent and the best in breed that have proven themselves in the past. And I always kind of test and see how that applies to the work that I'm doing. But in terms of what people can do to find talent for themselves, for example, Upwork is a great resource that I've hired people off of. You can get referrals from people. You can look at agencies or contractors in your specific area. But I'm just a firm believer that if you are going to do that, give them short-term tests with specific goals and objectives to hit. Don't give them six months to prove themselves. Give them two weeks and allow them to be a part of that process of what that objectives and goals are and give them that flexibility, but make sure that they're hitting that. Now to what we were mentioning at the beginning of our conversation, how to leverage interview content to build your brand. What are some tips that you have here? I really got fascinated with this world. And obviously with the successful podcast that you have, you understand this better than anybody. But I dove into this in my work with Katie Couric, and I spent two years helping her with her strategy of when she went from television to a digital first strategy with a partnership with Yahoo. And got really intertwined with the strategy behind interviews and the power of interviews. And I basically had to reverse engineer the art of the interview for digital platforms because Katie was struggling to make that transition in the beginning because Yahoo wasn't really providing the strategic plan and distribution plan that she was hoping for. So the way that I look at interviews, first and foremost, whether it is for yourself and you appearing on an interview or the way that you can leverage interviews, interviewing thought leaders in your specific space, is that where I think most people fail with interviews, especially when it comes to digital and social distribution outlets, is they're going in with what are the questions that I'm going to ask? Mm -hmm. Versus the way that I look at it is I look at the output in mind. Like, what is the end goal of this interview? Mm -hmm. And I look at more about it from the distribution of it. Like what are the strongest hook points or the strongest headlines that are going to capture people's attention to make them want to look at an interview? And I kind of take this analogy with all the clients that I work with is if you were given the cover of a prominent magazine or newspaper in your niche, what would be the headline that you would put on the cover of that newspaper or that magazine that literally as your your core customer or your core audience is walking down a busy street, let's just say they're walking down a busy street in New York, they're passing a magazine stand, what would be that headline, that cover of that magazine or newspaper that would literally make somebody stop, pick it up, buy it, and read it? Mm-hmm. Because that's how hard it is in the digital landscape. There's over 60 billion messages sent on digital platforms each day. If you don't find a way to stand out, then you're going to completely lose that audience. They're going to keep scrolling through their feeds. They're going to keep passing by your content. So the way that we approach it is we would, for any interview, we would come up between five to 15 different headlines 
that we would want to get out of that specific interview, whether that is you interviewing somebody else, but also I think it's a, a great strategic plan if somebody's interviewing you because you need to have a strong idea of what your hook points are, what differentiates you and makes you stand out. Mm-hmm. And going in with that strategy on both sides of interviews makes it a clear objective of what you're trying to get out of the other person or what you're trying to convey to the person that's interviewing you versus where I see sometimes questions fall short is you kind of leave it a little bit open-ended versus with a headline, you know kind of what you're going for and you can craft the question in different ways or craft specific follow-up questions to hit that specific headline or hook point that you're looking for. When you are preparing for an interview to interview someone and you're thinking, what is the end goal of the interview, strongest headline, how do I capture attention? How do you do that without having done the interview? Yeah, another great question. So there's a few different ways that you can look at it. Like if they're a prominent figure, like with Katie Kirk, we did 220 interviews with anybody from Joe Biden to Jay Leno to Jessica Chastain to Chance the Rapper. I would start with their social channels and see if there was a trend on specific topics through posts that were being shared or engaged with at a higher velocity. But sometimes you're just not going to get access to influencers for interviews. So the other approach that we would take is what is the subject matter that we're talking about? And then we would type that into Google search or Google trends to see what type of topics are trending at that specific time. So it's like real estate, like commercial real estate in Miami or whatever the search terms are, you can enter that into Google trends or Google search specifically on the news side. Like if you go into Google news and you type in a specific keyword, you can see which headlines are trending. And then you can start looking at, okay, which one's do I think are going to be interesting for the audience that I'm trying to reach? That's kind of at a base level. And then once you start getting into the process and creating these interviews and testing the clips and testing what works, then you'll start getting a baseline of what works and what you can look at it from a copywriter's perspective or copywriter mindset. Anything else as it relates to, and we talked about leveraging interviews to build your brand, but We talked about a whole lot more than just that. Anything else as it relates to leveraging interviews to build your brand or any additional tips you have on brand building through social that we haven't discussed that you think we should talk about? Yeah, in terms of interviews, as you know from your podcast, it's like being associated with other thought leaders and people that are very credible in your space or other industries allows you to align your brand with theirs. And it also allows you to provide value to them. And that's a big thing that I'm a firm believer in, in terms of whether that's business development or fostering stronger connections with social influencers or other people in any industry, is how are you providing value to them? And by creating an interview process that you can reach out to other people that you want to be aligned with, that you want to potentially do business deals with, you're providing value by saying, I really admire what you've been able to achieve. And I love to interview you for my podcast or for my video series or whatever that may be. And by doing that, you're providing value to them, but you're getting so much value back in return. And it goes beyond just the interview itself. You're able to foster a connection with them and build a relationship with them, which I think few people kind of realize in looking at interview-based content. Mm-hmm. In, in terms of building a social brand, I can't stress enough the importance of testing and understanding how to create compelling content. And one of the first places that I always recommend people start out with is look at your competitors. 
who are people that you're competing against or who are people that are reaching the audience that you want to speak to. And then once you have that list, then look at what's working for them. What types of posts are getting types of engagement or being shared? Why did this post over here on my competitor's page only get 10 likes versus this one got a thousand likes or a hundred shares? And really just trying to be a student of the game and constantly learning and testing and trying new things. So helpful. I am probably the newest owner of your book because I just purchased it while you were talking because I couldn't wait. <laughs> your thought process is spot on in my opinion and you've got the personal experience to back that up and that's pretty powerful one-two punch. So Brendan, how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on? Yeah, so if they're interested in the book, they can go to onemillionfollowers.com. They could reach out to me directly and email me at b as in boy at seekers, S-E-A-K-E-R-S dot com. Or they can direct message me on Instagram as well at Brendan Kane. Brendan, thanks again for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Wouldn't it be nice to buy a piece of institutional quality income producing commercial real estate buildings for as little as $500? Now you can with Building Bits. Building Bits is a new platform where virtually anyone, regardless of income, can select a building lease to a major corporation with a guaranteed long-term lease. The $500 minimum with no upfront fees is available only for a limited time. There are great properties available nationwide with major tenants, so don't wait. Go to buybits.us today and pick your property before they're all sold out of the current inventory. That's buybits.us. That's buy, B-U-Y, bits, B-I-T-S, dot U-S. The SEC offering circular is available at buildingbits.com. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.